Welcome to today's episode. I'm very excited to introduce you to Lois Teferberg. I love sharing her book, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. It's such a great introduction and exploration of Jesus's Jewishness. Enjoy our conversation as we explore some of the differences between the Eastern and the Western mindsets when it comes to being Talmudim. Welcome to the podcast today. Yes. I'm Chandelier. And I'm Jen. And we are excited to introduce you guys to Lois to Furberg. She is the author of one of my favorite books ever, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. Lois, can you tell us a little bit about the book? Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. It has been out for a while. Uh, it was the first of, uh, I have three, uh, two more. Uh, and it is about the Jewish context of Jesus, uh, what it meant that Jesus was a rabbi and he raised up disciples. And the, it talks about the feasts and the, and the prayers and all of these things that are going on in the background that make everything about his life and ministry make a, a ton more sense. <laughs> and so um, it's, uh, I, um, it became, it's the first book uh, that uh, that was published widely that describes kind of this fascination that I have with understanding the Bible in its cultural context. Great. What is your favorite archaeological site to visit? <laughs> I have one in particular that is uh, the current dig at what is very likely Bethsaida, mm -hmm. the fishing village on the Sea of Galilee. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason why it's my favorite is because I and uh, I myself have been a part of it. And uh, oh. you, as you mentioned it, even this morning um, on my Facebook, the first thing that popped up is their, their most recent results. Um, and they only dig two weeks a year because just in that two weeks you uh, you can you get lots and lots and lots of stuff and then it takes you the rest of the year right. just to figure out what it is <laughs> and cool. so um cool. so i'm very excited and they even just this morning they're like wow look at all the cool stuff that's going on yeah uh, so that is exciting yeah. that is i yeah. think one of my favorite times each month is when my bar magazine comes in. Okay. The Biblical good. Archaeological Society magazine when it comes yeah. in. I love getting in that and, and digging in, see what's going yeah. on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm sure you'll see the latest results that will be coming out in probably uh, bar and probably by the end of the year, mm -hmm. they'll have cool. that published there. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So why is that? Why is that one of your favorite places? Well, Obviously, it's one of Jesus' main places that he hung out. I mean, his, uh, his, several of his disciples come from Bethsaida, mm -hmm. and he uh, uh, was often preaching on the north side of the Sea of Galilee, and so that was his area of ministry. So it's one of the most important places on the planet. Yep. <laughs> it's really important. So, yeah. True. I, when I go there and I dig, I am literally powdering myself in the dust of his feet, <laughs> which is what they tell you to do. Yes, so. yes. absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. 
Well, what led to your interest in studying the Jewishness of Jesus? Uh, even the subtitle of your book is how the Jewishness of Jesus yeah. can transform your faith. Like, what is yeah. it about that that um, was important to you? Good question. And especially, that sounds like almost an oversell, but it's true. <laughs> I actually, was, I have a PhD in biology. I'm kind of a nerd. I like to study. And I grew up in a family that was faithful and loved the Lord and loved to study. Uh, I'm not Jewish in any way. I come from a Lutheran Norwegian background. <laughs> Tverberg is a, a Norwegian name. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but you have to admit, when you read your Bible, there's all sorts of head scratchers. Like, mm -hmm. what is, what's going on here? What, I don't get that. And it was um, when, it was a couple years after I started teaching biology at the college here that I uh, had a seminar at my church that got me absolutely fascinated because it was like all the lights turned on once you start mm. understanding Jesus's yeah. Jewish context. So even though I, I don't have any uh, personal genes or whatever, a lot of people are kind of looking for how they secretly are Jewish. No. <laughs> It's because my Savior and Lord uh, is that, and I need to know more. If I want to understand him better, I need to know his family and his life and how he lived and where he's from. Yes, so. absolutely, yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think um, going to Israel in 2017, I have, I, I feel drawn. I feel drawn mm -hmm. back to the land. I just, mm -hmm. I can't wait to get to go back, but it, it transformed my interpretation and, and reading of scripture from, I've heard it said before, from black and white to technicolor. Yeah, right. It, it just, it, it puts a whole new level of things on it for me mm -hmm. to be able to look at the Jewishness and understand the cultural and the geographical and the political stuff that's going on um, yeah. for those yeah. head scratchers. Yes. Yep. I'm hoping to get there myself either next year or the following year. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, the way I've heard it said is it it makes it 3D, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like a 3D experience, obviously, because mm -hmm. you're walking in the in mm -hmm. the same place Jesus did. As you mentioned, the same dust, you know. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to say, you don't have to be there. Don't right. have to go. Right. It's fun. Sometimes I think people are trying to oversell you on a trip <laughs> because people make a little money when they mm -hmm. choose to come. Uh, but there are books you can read, and I know mm -hmm. who, who could sell you some books. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so for those that are questioning, it's this book right here that you can get, Lois's book, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, pretty much anywhere books are sold to be That's able right. to to get this without actually having to go to the land and, and to That's start right. that interpretation and that understanding in your own walk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, mm -hmm. um, there's a phrase, Lois, you use in your book called stringing the pearls. Will you explain that for us a little bit and flesh that out here with our listeners? Well, sure. It's, it's a reference to a habit that rabbis had from very early on and you actually find it in um, very orthodox rabbis even today is they love to quote little tiny snippets of 
scripture. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it not just a little bit, but a whole bunch of times. <laughs> pearls are per like pearls of wisdom, and mm -hmm. to string pearls is to string together uh, words of scripture and with the assumption that people understand where they came from and if you know where they came from you get this incredible wow when you see how they say something new mm -hmm. uh, one uh, simple one that you and Jesus does this a lot yeah. uh, actually his father does this a lot when he says uh, when the heavens open and the dove comes down at the baptism, mm -hmm. he says, You are my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased, right? Mm -hmm. And you say, Well, that's nice. But you didn't say, didn't realize God just quoted three different scriptures. Mm -hmm. He quoted Genesis 22, my, uh, my son, whom I love. He quoted Psalm 2, today, um, you are my son. You have to go read that. Uh, in Isaiah, um, the last part um, is Isaiah 42. Um, this is my son, who, no, um, behold my servant with whom I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. and, and each one of those has a reference in a Psalm 2 is this incredible kingly passage about the Messiah, and he's going to be the son of God, and he's going to rule the world. But then uh, Genesis 22 is from the story of Abraham and being asked to sacrifice Isaac. And in some ways, it's already hinting at mm -hmm. this is my Isaac. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. And then um, Isaiah, let's see, 42 is, it says, um, I've got to make sure I get it right. Um, <laughs> I've I got it right here. I my spirit on him. It's, it's, what's ironic is that it comes straight from the context of what's happening is God's spirit is descending upon Jesus. So it's, there are just rich and beautiful connections and if you know your scriptures well which is what they did the mm -hmm. what we call our old testament the hebrew bible was very very well known and so the whole chapter is about the many many times that jesus puts in these little tiny hints and quotes from his scriptures that are really important for knowing what he's talking about and that's that's the whole point of that chapter, stringing pearls. Great. Um, I think in in teaching, so many people um, have said to me, "But I don't understand Hebrew. I don't understand the language. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know how to get that information." Um, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it, it's not a requirement to understand this this way. The Holy Spirit can. Mm -hmm interpret for us what these passages mean but i always explain that it gives it such a deeper richer fuller understanding when we can go back to that original context mm -hmm. and the layering of the scripture together mm 
Mm-hmm. And it just reiterates how important the Old Testament is to our continued study of, of the Word. You know, we're, I th- mm-hmm. people are drawn to the New Testament because there's a mm-hmm. lot in there about Jesus and a lot in, in there about the church and how to live. Mm-hmm. And But so much of it is based on what we get from the Old Testament. And if you go back, that's where the stringing the pearls comes in mm-hmm. because you're able to see how those things are connected. Mm-hmm. And the Bible yeah. really is just one love story from beginning to end about um, restoration and redemption and, and and all those beautiful themes that go from the beginning to the very end. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Great. Very well said. Perfect. <laughs> so as, as we live in our faith walks in community together, there's a concept mm-hmm. called Talmudim. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit mm-hmm. of a definition and explanation of that. Well, okay, this is a uh, the word, the word Talmudim is actually plural of Talmid. Mm-hmm. A Talmid is a disciple, and a, a learner who learns from a rabbi, and it helps us understand those scenes of Jesus inviting men. He says, "Come, follow me," and. If you have no context, you say, wow, Jesus is like the Pied Piper. It's because of his glowing halo, you know, this big glowing thing. Well, I would follow that, too, just to figure, what's up with that? He's, Of course, because Jesus is the Son of God. Well, why wouldn't he glow? Why not? Well, actually, there was a context. People were actually already doing this. The first century Jewish culture actually already had a tradition of educated laypersons, not necessarily priests, or they, they haven't gone through some seminary, but they have been studying and uh, teaching in their synagogues, and they would be invited to travel to other synagogues and uh, teach there. Well, they would, um, uh, in between when they were teaching, they would often be holding sessions for students, uh, uh, people who were fascinated and wanting to learn along with them. And uh, um, so there would be various lay people. This was a fascination among everybody. It was, it's kind of as much as we're passionate about football, they were passionate about understanding the Torah. Mm-hmm. How do we live this out? What is it about? And so. And there were a few, just a few, who would say, boy, I'm going to devote my time and follow you everywhere you go. And so there's actually uh, some, there are other stories of uh, a rabbi with his two Talmudim, or maybe, and then maybe another rabbi, and they would uh, get up and go to the town down the way in order to teach in their synagogue or do some business and the the students then they would have a conversation about some important uh, line in the Torah. One actually is a discussion of a same thing that you know Jesus talks there's a a passage where it says um, some of Jesus disciples were plucking the heads of grains mm-hmm. uh, on the Sabbath this actually, they're having that same conversation. 
because they're also walking and plucking grains or mm -hmm. it happened recently and so it's fascinating to see these parallel stories so that's it's interesting because it gives you a context of what actually was dis was expected of disciples mm -hmm. and when jesus says raise up or he says go make disciples of all nations well we got to know what that means right so that's what is important yeah hmm. yeah how is the process of being talmudine lived out in this first century well i've i think i've kind of just said uh, uh, quite a few of those things uh one there are some interesting little comments they said that a disciple needed permission from his wife to be gone from home for over 30 days <laughs> for interesting <laughs> so it does tell you that they people would spend chunks of time mm -hmm. um that uh, they would that they you know, and when you see the disciples, that sometimes they would be fishing at their nets, and sometimes they'd be walking after Jesus. And uh, I've seen people say, oh, they did not have enough faith. They should always walk after Jesus and never fish. <laughs> no, that's not true. They, you actually see disciples that they would, they would have sessions for certain months, but then they would, people would go off and harvest their fields, and then they would come back. You see uh, many scenes that are reminiscent of Jesus' teaching by the Galilee or in the marketplace. You see things like that. Disciples were supposed to emulate Elisha and Elijah. Mm -hmm. You remember how uh, Eli when Elijah called Elisha, Elisha burned his plow in order to yes. show his commitment and jesus you know when some guy says oh i will be your disciple but i want to um i have to bury my father first and he says anybody who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of god well there you go there's mm -hmm. your context yeah <laughs> so well, let's talk through for a few minutes some differences between an eastern view of discipleship and a western view of discipleship because they're, they're pretty vast <laughs> okay. at times. And, sure. So what, are, okay. what do you see as some differences? It was right around this time that the Greeks kind of took over the world and came up with this new way of doing things. And Europe and America and um, the modern West, that's what we call the West. Our American ways are the Western ways. Mm -hmm. the, the way we think is Western um, we, that's a long discussion of its own. Um, but the Greeks love to think. They love to think about thinking. They, mm -hmm. they love, love, love to think about thinking. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what, when you say, um, uh, we assume that to be discipled was, would be to take a class that would teach you proper doctrines and mm -hmm. systematic theology. And so you'd get your head all stuffed full of the correct opinions and data and knowledge that we should, that a person should have. And that's a good thing. You know, information is, they almost, um, if you've heard of Gnosticism, there's this idea that a person who has secret knowledge will go to the heavenlies 
because of their secret knowledge. You're learning secrets of knowledge, and it's all about that. That's Western. Mm -hmm. Okay? The Eastern view is God has given his Torah, and he's commanded us to live it out. His instructions are the instructions to do his will on earth. And what a privilege it is to be able to do his will on earth. And so your rabbi is both your teacher of what are those instructions, but he's also actually a source of models, of modeling that you watch. How does he observe Shabbat? Mm -hmm. How does he, what does he do to rest? Or how does he give to the poor? What things are important to him? And so when you see Jesus and his disciples go to eat with tax collectors, um, Jesus, he's sure he's making a statement, but he's also training his disciples that they otherwise, honestly, I have a hard time just, you know, read Jesus, tell you something, do something. And I'm like, that sounds hard. I don't know how to do that. I think I won't. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it, I'll, I'll spiritually love, say, oh, that's good, and then I won't actually do it. Yeah. But it's when you actually go with somebody, when they do something, and you say, okay, we're going to practice doing it a few times together so mm -hmm. that you learn by my example how to live. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're, a, a disciple in an Eastern way. It's not just about information, it's about transformation. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening today. You can find Lois at OurRabbiJesus.com and you can find Jen and I over at GoAndEquip.com or you can check out the videos of our podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. The links to all of these sites are in the show notes. See you next time.